0: Before we get on today's episode, I'd like to introduce to you our Black-owned Business of the Week, where we showcase quality Black-owned businesses for you to support every week. This week's business is Jopar Transport, co-owned by Terrell Johnson and Bracey Parr. At Jopar Transport, they pride themselves on offering reliable bulk material hauling in the Hampton Roots area. And Jopar Transport offers their clients safety and legal compliance expertise, hauling and heavy equipment experience, and unrivaled customer service. Remember, whether near or far, Choose Joe Parr. The word toxic is one of the most overutilized words in today's modern lexicon, and paradoxically enough, one of the most misunderstood concepts. There's no shortage of ways that it manifests itself, and we've all either been the recipients or the perpetrators of such behavior, at one point in time at least. <laughs> On this week's episode of the Infusion Breakdown Show, the breakdown crusade among ourselves to discuss how do you stop toxic behavior? Let's see what we came up with.
1: You don't play, you don't play. So the question we have for today, how do you stop toxic behavior? Comment below, let us know your opinion. We also have timestamps in the description below as always. Be sure to check them out. Um, For me really, I think it's really just removing myself from the situation and communicating effectively why uh, when it comes to stopping toxic behavior. I think we as people uh, try to address everything that is thrown at us and without actually realizing we can just walk away. Um, But I think we have egos so that, that ties into that also. Uh but me myself, I remove myself from the situation and then communicate effectively actually why I actually remove myself and like why this is not work for me um one thing my family is one thing my family knows is my mom is like big on complaining like she complains like about everything <laughs> like, and that's that's, Man, one that's mom the one <laughs> thing <way. laughs> but i but I, I love my mom, but that's just one thing that's well known uh with my family that she just complains about everything um and like that's the one thing that I just feel like I get like Take me off like, like you're not She's complaining, complain but she doesn't actually does do anything actually about it uh but me but if that was to happen I would think I would just like tell her, like mom like I understand why you feel this way but I, I can't be around you right now because you're just complaining you're giving off like bad vibes and bad bad toxic I, I can't do that right now and I think like how I communicate that is important too because like your tone and how you actually say it um, I'm big on that. And I'm also a bigger and a big believer on like what you give out, you kinda of bring back. So that's why I try to do my best, like spread kindness as much as possible. Because if I spread as much kindness, then hopefully it'll come back to me in some uh, shape or form. So <laughs> um that's how it is. But really I don't really get mad anymore. I said this a little bit on the last episode, but I don't really get mad anymore. Uh and I think that's because I'm like an understanding person, but I'm still cognizant enough to not be gullible and just fall for anything, you know what I mean? So um like, if I mean, if a person becomes toxic around me, like, I, I won't get mad. I'll just remove myself from the actual situation. Um, like, the only time I actually, the only time I get mad is when I think about something from the past, and I, but I actually use that for, like, motivation at the gym, you know what I mean? Because I like being mad at the gym. I feel like I do pay more, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, but, like, I I, like, I don't really get mad, you know what I mean? But that's really with me. I just remove myself from the actual situation, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it is with me.
2: Okay. What um when you say toxic behavior,
0: what what behaviors do you have in mind in particular? Because toxic, I think it's one of those buzzwords such as normalize, such as uh introvert, like a lot of these words that people really don't understand the meaning of they they can kind of ballpark it and approximate something, but I feel like there's so much more that goes into quote unquote toxic behavior than what most people realize
1: yeah uh i definitely agree i think it's part of it is just being uh negative being manipulative um having some type of control in it too but yeah i do I, that's why actually one of my questions was do you feel people who actually know they're being toxic um when it comes to that but yeah i, I do think it's like different for a lot of people because i feel like a lot of people don't even know they're actually being toxic so okay uh yeah but i think it's maybe like being negative being manipulative um Among other things, still though, what do you think? You think can we
0: can we circle back to that? Um, yeah, sure.
1: About about what you said about do
0: we think that people know that they're being toxic? Mm-hmm. But as far as toxic behavior, do there's a long list that I just found online, and I was just perusing the list. This is about 30 items, and I was guilty of a lot through various stages, and probably still am to a degree. A lot of them ones that you would actually be surprised about, like perfectionism, that's a toxic behavior. So I mean, even are, the things are that. Uh, I can drop the link to you. Okay. I'll post it to you in the chat here. You can view it while we talk or afterwards. But yeah, you know, this is just something I had looked over and just see if I approved of it and, and if I could see whether or not these things did actually seem like they were toxic or it could be. And manipulation, that was, even before I looked at the list, manipulation, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest ones that I was guilty of in the sense of, I always felt like I had to outsmart people and would try to engineer situations. And you can do that, but it's very energy consuming. Like you have to constantly be on your toes and thinking about what I, this person does.
1: I think I would need an example as far as what you mean by in that situation. How did you? Because uh, I do agree with you that it, could, that it could be work somehow, sometimes, but not all the time. Like sometimes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll sit like, just a vague example because i can't think of specific instances but i know i've definitely been guilty of it is thinking that you know better for someone than they actually do and trying to alter their perception or the situation so that they do what you want okay so essentially trying to be geppetto pulling strings
1: and like I like i said worse things but yeah yeah be, huh? I, guess, I guess there's worse things than the ways there, to be toxic there certainly they are, are <laughs> there certainly
0: are or um i guess one example would be not being forthcoming and giving people certain information to give them uh, put them on a perception of something so like something really stupid there was this girl I was dating and i had told her um we had went, we were out and she had, we had just went to get pizza and i told her i didn't want to eat in the car because um because it was going to make a mess and in actuality i didn't want to eat in the car because i knew that uh, if we ate in the car when she dropped me off cuz this is back when i was at university and she had to happen to drive that day. I knew that if, when she when she dropped me off, she was going to leave because she couldn't stay. So I just wanted to spend more time with her. So instead of being out uh, outright and forthcoming and saying that I wanted to spend more time with her, I said that I didn't want to eat in the car and then as a result of that, that triggered something in her because she thought that I was trying to control her because she had been on dates with guys previously that they were like, "Okay, no, you're going to get the salad" and stuff like that. So I ended up kicking myself in the ass. We were able to overcome that. But ultimately, I guess that was a, a really trivial example of me trying to engineer a situation because there was an ulterior motive that I wanted, even though it wasn't something bad. That's one of the biggest things I think about toxic behavior. People don't always realize just because it's not, quote unquote, bad, it's still toxic because I was being in a, a very roundabout way, not being forthcoming and trying to, like I said, engineer a situation. And had I been more forthcoming and been honest with her, she, we may have able to spend more time together that day or maybe we're going to compromise and she just came back the next day or something like that or i could have came over her spot or whatever but that's
2: uh
1: that does that explain it for you yeah yeah i got you um have you are you better with directly communicating now than you were before do you feel
0: yes it's i just realized how much energy it took (laughs) it's it's i can do it but it's not sustainable I would not advise anybody to take that up as a long-term strategy for success. But some of the other ones that I've noticed on that, from that list for like holding grudges, definitely been guilty of that in the past, stubbornness, being judgmental, negative self-talk, perfectionism. Like I said, taking things personally. Uh, what's this? Can you remind my handwriting? Worrying about the future and then holding on to loss. Like those are things that people don't always perceive to be toxic, but they most certainly can be. I think as a uh, as an overarching definition of toxic behaviors, things that are either to your own personal detriment, which is something that we talked about on like a really early episode we did, or to the ones that you're in uh, interpersonal relationships with, whether it be a significant other or your family or the people around you.
2: Gotcha. Do you feel um
1: you feel I saw opposed and that's what made me ask the question Do you feel people know what it, being toxic really is? Really <laughs> uh, so, a post where it said, My toxic trait is wishing them luck with his new girl when I don't really mean it. Do you feel that's toxic? No. That's, <laughs> that's what I thought. That's that's I, <laughs> I, I was just like, That's not toxic. And I replied to that person when I saw it on the story. I was like, That's not toxic. That's it was just, like, what do you mean? Genuine. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, that's not toxic. That's just more of you just wishing something you don't really believe it. If you was yeah. like trying to manipulate them, you're like, oh, she ain't never going to be as good as I am or some shit like yeah. that. But that's not really <laughs> she toxic. She ain't got that wop. Yeah, it's <laughs> not <laughs> so, so like that. Yeah, but in uh, and their issues, and just like, oh, okay, I didn't really thought of it that way. But I was like, yeah, was, that's why I was like, do people really know what being toxic means? Are people just out here just being toxic? They don't even fucking realize it. Like, I think, and, like I said, toxic is like a
0: buzzword now and people there's people who outright brag about it i i haven't heard of song, but apparently there's a song called toxica by some hispanic singer maybe mm-hmm. but like some girls online they like, like their their usernames would be toxica or people will talk about my toxic trait is this and they'll laugh about this shit like it's cute um but yeah i wanted to talk about that too but i guess to to go way back to point a josh you asked originally about how do you, how do you deal with it, or how do you overcome toxic behavior? That was the initial question. How do you stop it? How do you stop it? And it depends largely on how it's occurring. So whether it's something internal, like I noticed about myself, like I noticed I was being manipulative, or whether you bring it to my attention, Yo, know, Brian, you're being manipulative, or whether I noticed that someone else is being manipulative. Because the two internal ways is it requires a lot of self reflection and understanding why you do that. adopting better mechanisms. So in my example, it was being more communicative and being more honest and forthcoming with what I wanted. And just that was my only responsibility in the interaction. Just serve myself, say what I want, and what happens happens. Um if it's something that I notice with somebody else, it's my responsibility to speak up. So it's a little bit different. So if I notice a toxic behavior, um give them the courtesy, depending on how bad it is, (laughs) I'm not I'm not gonna lie. So depending on how bad it is, you may have to just get out of there. But if it's something to where it could be a misunderstanding, something that you could have misconstrued or uh, something that's unusual for that person, give you known them for a while or something like that to, to have a conversation about it. And if you raise it to their attention and then you see it progressively getting worse or continuing, then, OK, that's when you need to distance. Well, that's when I distance myself. That's how I stop it. I stop it by not dealing with it.
1: I have- Basically what I said. (laughs) After a while, you just remove yourself because yeah. I got you.
0: I I like to try it's a it's a really fine line to walk between giving people chances and then not and I I have over time I've vacillated between both extremes to where say, Okay, that's all right, well it's not that bad but
1: I think the biggest thing if it's if it affects you too, uh like you have a friend, maybe I guess you being see him being toxic, but maybe you don't see him that often. Maybe that won't affect you as much as like if he's like directly being toxic and it's directly affecting your affairs, like what's happening uh, throughout the day towards you or something like that, I feel. But yeah, I guess. Do you speak up if it's your friend being toxic? Uh yeah. I try not to hang around toxic people, but yeah, I definitely speak up. Definitely. Like I'm saying, like if you if let's say if, if it was
0: me or Des and we had some kind of toxic baby, one of these Uh, Many virtues that I listed off or something else that was on the list. And you saw that we were behaving in that way towards, let's say, our significant other, maybe our our girlfriend or uh, somebody else in our lives. And you knew about that. Would you raise it to our attention or would you just be like Uh. a lousy, fair type of person?
1: Yes, I would raise it to your attention, but I would say this: I would never really not. I wouldn't say expect, but I would never think you two would be toxic to the point where I have to speak up because I know <laughs> you two are smart enough to realize, like, oh shit, I should not be doing this. Like, <laughs> and I think part of yeah, and I, I was about to say, I think part of that is morals too. Like, you have the right morals to think, like, oh wait, no, am I should be should I be manipulating this person to trying to do this? You know what I mean? I think yeah. you have the, the smart thought process. So, but yeah, if I had a friend that I do feel being toxic, I would definitely speak up. Um, then. Yeah, you communicate it to them. Like like I said, you communicate it to them and then they change, they change. But I mean, I try not to hang around those people, like I said, in the first place, or remove myself from those people in the first place, you know. So Yeah. Yeah.
2: But yeah, like I said, No,
1: like, I was about to say, like I said, I, I don't I don't get mad and I I play Warzone too. <laughs> I play Warzone <laughs> since I've, I've been back and like I tell you, I don't get mad. Like I I look at it like, oh, okay, I guess that happened, all right. But I mean, yeah. It's it's pretty pretty cool you just remove yourself from the situation <laughs> uh, it's definitely uh it's definitely a good thing yeah but i think the biggest thing to communicate like communicate to them why you're doing it so they can know like oh shit like my you know like my uh, okay there's <laughs> something not. about that too is
0: it's a common misconception just because people do have the capacity to change not saying that they always do but you don't have to be around to witness the change so <laughs> when they fuck up big That's enough all right this is this is okay. This is why we can't be whatever we are anymore. I don't mean I don't wish you any harm. I wish you well. <laughs> if you change, that's fine. But please, just stay away.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Like I said, I don't get mad. I, I'm an understanding person. Like I, you was taught that you <laughs> you got that from somewhere. So now you're just saying it uh, doing it yourself. But it's up to you to change. I can't. Really you don't say. care. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not really up to you. Yeah. Big facts. What do you think this? How do you stop
3: it? Um, I mean, I love what it says so so far. It but it, it does sound like a lot of like um like toxic behaviors, like minimal what you see in yourself and then a lot more of like dealing with the behaviors. I think the biggest thing that um comes with stopping it internally is like what we've always advocated before, is like there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. I think it was perfect that Brian mentioned uh perfectionism as like one of the main things that people may be surprised about, but it's like that's something that I've been like consciously aware of for for years now because that's what I like discovered within myself uh by going through therapy and I think that you know people don't realize how damaging perfectionism is because it just it requires you to be at a hundred percent every hour that you're awake like you want to do everything perfect and if you don't do it perfectly then you're you're like ridiculing yourself you're creating that that harmful like subconscious talk to where like when you make those mistakes you're you're just beating yourself down and like it it, it ultimately reduces your productivity and your effectiveness if you let it like if you if you let it run you crazy per se like uh, for me and I always think of perfectionism like I think of how when I got into school, like I wanted to have like the best grades and I, on top of that, I wanted to have like the best relationship. And on top of that, I wanted to be the best at the job. And it's like, it's a hundred it's like, wait, it's impossible for you to be a hundred percent at everything that you do. Like you have to be great at that one thing. And then you provide like sufficient energy to everything else that you want to do. So for me, it was like, I was running myself crazy at 18, 19 years old, trying to do everything, and anything that I did perfect. And it was almost um what what hasn't been touched on yet is like it creates this projecting aura, like you try and project what you think. And I, I know Brian definitely touched on it before, but you project onto others what you think they should be doing based off the potential you see in themselves or you see in them, not necessarily what the reality is showing of what they're able to do. And like perfectionism, if you allow it, can be beneficial. But I think perfectionism for the most part, because we're so our minds aren't fully developed when we create that. That you know, false perception of perfectionism, that it does more damage because we've seen like um, people at the top of their game, where there be. Um, I remember I was watching this documentary on uh, Netflix for uh, Michael Schumacher. The um, he was an F one Formula One racer. Like he held the most um, the most titles until Lewis Hamilton broke it recently. I think. Um, like he was really big on perfectionism when it came to his craft. But he had that healthy balance of knowing that, you know, when you're with family or if you're doing extracurricular things, I like that that aura of perfectionism isn't required. So you're not projecting onto people in a harmful manner when it's not required. Um another thing for me is uh like oh, before, when before, I come, you, go before you go on, I was gonna ask uh so the thing with you, you
1: was putting you was he was pushing that perfection. It was yeah. on other people, basically.
3: Yeah. Okay. I was essentially expecting out of other people what I expected from myself. Oh, okay. God. And it would, like I said, projecting is is a toxic trick in itself because you don't know ever really know what someone's capable of. Like, no, there is trauma that people deal with that literally creates so much anxiety that you don't have that on and off switch to be able to be comforting or, you know, um, how can I, I don't want to say assertive, but you like you want to be motivated, motivating that person to like accomplish their goals. Like, you don't understand a lot that comes with just being a basic human being when you're trying to be a perfectionist because you leave very little margin for error. And don't get me wrong, like I think it's I think it's a great thing when you learn that balance and truly find out who you are as a person. But until then, like you should, I feel like you should stay far away from perfectionism. Because one thing I saw. Um, I saw this this quote Michael Jordan said, like he's like it was um, when you're rising to the top, you have to be selfish, but once you get to the top, then you always have to be available because there's always going to be those people below you that are trying to, you know, get to the point that you're trying to get to. And you want to be ex- like accepting and welcoming and like, you know, you still want to be at the top of your game and prove you, you know, undoubtedly number one. But at the same time, like, you know, people are going to want to learn from you. So I, I do think it is like a ne- necessity to want to be, a bit of a perfectionist because you want to be the best at your crap, But at the same time, like you have to know when that on and off switch needs to, needs to play a big factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the other thing uh, that comes with, um, you know, toxic traits is uh, we've done, we've talked about a lot. It's the little lies that you try and tell to um, manipulate a situation. Brian, you touched perfectly on that. I think a, uh, another thing that we could, um, another thing that we can really look at aside from those little lies is I think you also tried to touch on as well but essentially learning how to insult someone's intelligence or their IQ without insulting you like you allow a conversation how can I say to drag on longer than it needs to be just so you can prove your point rather than just telling the person like presenting your perspective like a lot of times it's it's common and like, if you were to do legal to get your point across, but some people will use that same tactic to make somebody realize how stupid they sound, rather than you just explaining, like, from different perspectives. I know I used to do that a lot, you know, on social media when people would present unpopular opinions. Like, I'd I'd want to make you sound stupid in front of everybody, rather than just saying, like, oh, yo, are you looking at it from this perspective? Like, ha- is this a thought that you've entertained? Mm-hmm. Because then when you put somebody on blast, you know, in social media where you got, four or 500 people, you know, following you and now they're seeing this conversation you have, like it creates that that aura of embarrassment and like also elitism as well, that, you know, you're trying to embarrass this person and then that person feels stupid because, you know, maybe they didn't see it from that perspective. And of course, that's all like um, theoretical because you can't really confirm how that person may feel, but you knew your intent behind it was to make that person feel stupid. Like,
0: and also, if you, you want to win them to your, your, your
3: point of view, embarrassing them isn't going to do that. Exactly. Yeah, that's another that's another key component. I mean, I think there's so much that we can look at as far as like toxic, um, toxic traits. But I think the biggest one, you know, even outside of perfectionism and, um, and uh, projecting and then of course, the small lies, I think the biggest one is just the boundaries. Like, I think that's the one that's most commonly overlooked, because not respecting your boundaries is like the number one. Toxic trait that people have that they don't realize they have because your boundaries are are everything if you're not respecting that then you know all that other stuff just goes out the window like you can say you're about something you can say what you will tolerate what you won't tolerate, but when it comes down to it you know your boundaries will be the ones that actually keep those words and actions in a line. like for me, the greatest example I can give is like I will allow people back into my life after i've seen the growth that i've um accomplished you know whether it be work related or internally or spiritually like i've seen the growth that i've had when that person is absent from my life and then when i you know get comfortable and i'm like in cruise control with everything that i'm doing i allow that person to come back in it's not necessarily like we're like a relationship but it's like you allow that person to come back in and eat up more and more of your time and that productivity that you once had is now you know diminished the results that you were once getting are no longer becoming as easy so i think the biggest thing is boundaries like if you if you're saying like you know this person this chapter of my life that this person was once a part of has been closed when you keep reopening that chapter you're undoing all the progress that you've achieved whether you realize it or not like it like there is something that there was a genesis that had to occur you know, your 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 revelation or whatever you want to call it, to get to that point where you realize that, you know, certain behaviors and certain people were attributing to your downfalls, and to let that person coming back in, un, you know, thinking that your success is going to remain the same when they were part of the reason you were consistently coming short. That's yep. like the biggest, you know. I mean, you're selling yourself short first and foremost, but like, that's like the biggest thing that people constantly overlook. That like you're not going to get the same results going back to the same thing like you can't if you if you if you're driving a ford and you and you upgrade to a ferrari you can't expect somebody that's that then bought that ford to have the same aspirations of you driving that ferrari now like it's still a ford at the end of the day and you you moved on to the ferrari
0: right (laughs) i'm glad you mentioned allowing people back into your life after the due date has passed because people either through their own volition or or involuntarily it could be they're more than willing to ruin your life if you let them. Like, if you don't take action and and take initiative, then, I mean, they're cool with
3: it. They're more than willing to ruin your life if you let them, or they're more than willing to piggyback off off of you if you let them? Yes, equally true. Like, that's a big thing. Like, somebody may come back into your life and they may not bring the same energy that they once did, but they're not bringing anything new either. Like they, they acknowledge the space that you're in, and they figure out how to develop comfort, comfort within that new space mm-hmm. to just be there along the ride. And I, I, that's so, that's way more common than people like think. Like your, your success, whether you try and hide it or not, is is people are gonna eventually see it at some point. Like your, your energy changes, your aura changes, your skin start glowing. You, you speak more articulate. You're your lifestyle like as far as maybe it's your selection of clothes or the car you're driving or you know just the the way you move like people realize that stuff whether you try to conceal it or not like I, i know a lot of people that i work with that i've made moves in silent like i could see the moves happening before they did because their aura like your aura changes and people try so hard to hide that but you can't you can't ever hide that like if you have something brewing whether you think you're doing it in secrecy or not, like it's always going to tell because there's something about you that changes that, that gives that off. What may be occurring, you may not know because you know, that's where you keep the cards close to your chest. But when something's brewing, like people typically can tell because your, your aura changes. Yeah. Like you never grow and stay the same.
0: Mostly I feel like you can see through people's habits. Like if I notice every time I'm talking to you, you've been like, yo, Des, what, what you up to? I've been studying Portuguese or something
3: like that. Like, if I keep hearing that,
0: it's <laughs> just like, damn, this man is getting cultured.
3: <laughs> Bro, next thing you know, it's like, yo, know, I'm, uh, I'm going to Madeira, Madeira Island. And it's like, damn, what the fuck has he been doing that to yeah. be able to go to Madeira Island? <laughs> oh, he, he's been studying Portuguese. Like, right. there's, there's, there's breadcrumbs that always leads to the full loaf.
1: Have you guys had, uh like, one of those people in your life that was been, um I guess you say toxic to the point that they was, like, guess feeding off of your energy that you had to, like, I guess, step away from them and then come back to them? Have you guys ever had that? Because I know, Brian, you sure. mentioned, like, you had a friend that was, like, giving was taking more than he gave, I guess you could say. I, I think you said something like that. when. Uh, I was... Like you had to release a friend. Remember, you said something about you had to stop being friends with one of your closest friends or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was the girl that I was cool with. I was about to say it was I bugging. Was, was I? That girl? <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. I'm
0: trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out like how the hell does that situation fit into this? Oh yeah. Not <laughs> nah, the the situation there was just uh I guess unequal effort put into the friendship mm-hmm. and uh, the choice that was made. She valued her her boyfriend who did not treat her well over the friendship that we had so i mean i never crossed any boundaries when we were friends but because it made him insecure then she decided that
1: that's the so was a whole bunch of toxic shit going on in the first place. I,
0: yeah i don't i don't know if i was exposed to toxic behavior there but that's that's what i was that's what happened josh they could have been toxic to each other. They probably were. That, that's
1: what I was saying. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying. Because you said he was insecure. That he, she was yeah. Strong, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that's insecurity
0: fine. is definitely toxic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I got you. Yeah. Have you, have you ever had that? Des like,
3: yeah, for sure. I think right. when you're, when you're in that negative space, like space, like I fed off of toxic people and toxic people have fed off me. Like it's when you're in that space and you're like not realizing just how of a detriment you are to yourself and how much of a detriment that person is to yourself. Like, it's like, it's the same concept as like the rat race. Like toxic behaviors come and go
2: if you allow them to.
3: Because you develop like a, a, a level of comfort with them. Like it's what you're used to, it becomes your drug. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like a lot of, like people don't be talking about toxic sex, for, toxic sex, or I'm sorry, not toxic sex, uh, makeup sex for no reason, like. Yo, Brian's face, wait, what? Toxic sex? I, I was trying to feel
0: like, where, where, where are you going
3: with this? Yeah, like, people don't talk about, people don't talk about makeup sex for no reason. Like, it's, like, you're not just having makeup sex because you had a bad day or anything like that. Like, there's been, there's been tension. Isn't that up. toxic like,
1: sex, though? Makeup sex? Are you saying that? I mean, is the yeah, sky blue? I was just making sure that's what you were saying. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, would say, like, I would
0: say the circumstances matter.
3: Circumstances matter, but it, oftentimes it's like a, like, we can say the circumstances matter, but even in a healthy relationship, there is a level of irrationality that produces that situation. Like, even in a healthy relationship, like, there are still toxic behaviors that occur in a healthy relationship that make that makeup sex it's the same thing, it's just amplified in a toxic relation relationship. Because then you just can't get enough of the other person. They're like, damn, I can't stand this person, but the sex is so the sex is so bomb when we when we hate each other, like I'm about to go make a mad for no reason. Like, bro, there's there's what like women move like that. Like women will pur- purposely piss you off and then wanna fuck you. Like that's that's like that's that's a game that they'll play and it's I mean
2: manipulative it's game
3: that it's game that i play like it's you know hey sometimes i'm the pitcher sometimes i'm the batter
0: (laughs) would you say even a healthy relationship i was thinking uh with with that the sex analogy or uh example that you just gave was when in instances there's blatant disrespect but the person instead of solving the issue they just think that sex is going to fix it and then, so you you at, at you know after y'all you clean yourselves up, wake up the next morning, whatever y'all do, <laughs> the, the problem is still present. You know, y'all still cheat on each other, y'all still disrespecting each other, y'all still stealing money out each other's wallets from the other person. You know, all kinds of bullshit. <laughs> what is
3: this a scamming relationship? <laughs> hey, I,
0: I don't participate in those, but I'm pretty sure there's a wealth of them.
1: I, I was going to okay. ask if, if a healthy relationship has toxic traits, does it, is that really is healthy? It healthy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: have
0: to disagree well,
3: with that. Well, I didn't say it was like I didn't say it has toxic traits, but there there's a you're, it's human error. There's always going to be a level of irrationality that comes with humans. Like you'd be the most thoughtful person, but the certain certain the perfect circumstances are going to create a room for you to be irrational. It doesn't have to be the most egregious act to be considered irrational, but I like, nope, there's nobody that is hundred percent rational. And when I think when you bring in, you know, the obvious thing that's another person's feelings that you don't have control over that area and that margin for error, when it comes to irrationality is there, it just doesn't cease because you have two quote unquote rational people. Like it doesn't exist. A person can um, project rational qualities they can be rational in in just about every aspect but there's that doesn't make them 100% rational because there's still that margin of error because it's human error it's not like we're not coded we're not codified individuals to where you know you you upload a program and it's like yep toxic irrational gone like people like people even like the most even the most religious people that you can find in the church still have irrational views the most righteous people the most philosophical people that you look up to still have somewhat irrational views so i'm just saying like there is you know no doubt in my mind that it doesn't appear in you know healthy relationships but the manner in which it appears is far more minuscule than it is in a toxic relationship so i didn't want to sit there and say like toxic behaviors in a healthy relationship you know um creates the makeup sex like the the um you know the fertile ground for makeup sets. I'm saying like in a healthy relationship, that small, you know, margin of irrationality that comes with it can create the ground for it. Like you're mad because, you know, she, he left the toilet seat up or you're mad because she keeps, you know, folding your, your clothes a certain way and you're like, you, you just have that, you just float, you, she keeps folding your clothes a certain way. Like for me, I'm very particular. I don't like when people fold my towels a certain way. I don't like when people fold my underwear a certain way. Like I'm very particular with how I like, you know, my stuff to stack. And then my my, you know, color like I got color coordinate everything I have. Like I'm I'm very I'm that particular. So you have to think like when when those buttons keep getting pushed, there is that margin for error. But it's like, you know, damn, now I gotta now I gotta make up now I gotta get some flowers because you know she done she didn't put me on the couch for like a night or two and
0: yeah. Not in my house. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, okay. Yeah, you gonna you're gonna be outside at the ring doorbell and she's just gonna be looking at you on the phone. <laughs> Say you're sorry. And hey, shit, <laughs> it's thirty degrees. I bet you're going compromise. <laughs>
1: uh, that's just hilarious but um how many do you, how many people do you feel what percentage of couples do you feel actually fix the problem and then do the makeup sex since you feel like oh, the very,
3: sex? yeah very 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 <laughs> small like i think I think okay. divorce is on definitely on the rise, especially with our generation because we're doing the same thing that generations before us have done but I'll always say like women are creating greater identity today than they have, I think at any point in the past. So I think that, you know, with women discovering more of themselves, like there's a level of irrationality that they're starting to, you know, embrace and, you know, discover that men have, you know, been accustomed to like, you know, when you look at, The amount of women in the past that may have stayed in a, in course, this is like when I say the past, I'm thinking talking about the 19th, 18th, early 20th century, Mm -hmm. that would have stayed in a relationship, you know, with their husband, you know, that, you know, was, that um, that was I don't want to say practice infidelity or something like that, abusive, things of that nature, and it's like there's an uptick in women just becoming more like consciously aware of their power and you know their spiritual, you know, prowess that they have in the universe. And then I also think that it's just like, like, you're just seeing a generation of women that genuinely just say, fuck what the status quo is, like, this is what it's going to be. So I, I definitely think that like, you see divorce coming on, like, increasing, because there has become that that viewpoint of like, you really don't want to compromise. Like, I'll even say with my, like, even with myself, like, I always um, envision like, raising my son with, you know, well, I, I did envision raising my son with his mother, but now, I like I don't even envision me raising my son with somebody else at this point. Like I I get we have the co-parents role, but as far as like that everyday um, lifestyle, like I don't picture that right now because it's just, I enjoy my freedom. I enjoy my my liberties. I enjoy like everything that comes with just being able to be your own um, person. And like my, my desire to compromise is like non-existent right now. And I think like the same way that like I'm feeling that way, I know other men are, I know other women are. And it's like, when you sit here and you realize like this earth, I mean, this, this world and this universe just have like anything that they can offer your, or you can, you can essentially, I don't want to say anything to offer, but you can essentially accomplish anything that you want to in this universe. If you put the right, you know, mindset and focus into it, it's just like, why would I want to go, you know, hours, days, minutes at a time, mad at somebody for something so small. Like I, I just much rather not deal with it at all. So I think that, Oh, I have to. you know yeah i think that like toxic behaviors are i mean within individuals and you know you know pe- uh, couples themselves like i think it's on a rise because we're we're entering like a uh i think i kind of say we're entering a um age of like awakening where like people are truly understanding you know the power that they have as individuals and i think when any person realizes like the power they have as an individual, they're dangerous, not only to, to the world, but to themselves because they can either abuse that power or they can, you know, manifest great things from it. So like, I don't, I, I know that. And I know, you know, um, a lot of men, women, even children are, are, you know, understanding that. And so it's like, why deal with something if you don't got to deal with it? There's so, yeah. there's so much you can do in this life. Why deal with it?
2: You know, Do you example.
0: guys feel culturally we have a problem with our perception of toxic behavior and the way they stratify it? So yeah. with the example being we have as far as I can tell, we have the obvious examples that as we touched uh, between the two of us just then with abuse and infidelity, that seems top tier. And then you have like the manipulation and stuff, that's where like the, the lines are a little bit blurred and people allow them to various degrees and mm-hmm. oftentimes overlook them. And it's funny what you were just saying about uh boundaries. First I will I'll, I'll let you guys speak on that. Do you feel like we have a problem with how we uh perceive toxic behavior culturally?
3: I think a hundred percent. I think you have a lot of uh online um therapists that are neither qualified nor have the study hours to, you know, back their claims or like I, I think, you know, we could say the same thing about, you know, people today with COVID and, you know, science. Like I think we have a lot of people misdiagnosing Mental behaviors or mental sure. um, mental health issues. And I also think we have people misclassifying certain certain things, such as toxic behaviors. Or if you want to even go on the rim, is it like anxiety and depression? Like those are things that are oftentimes like misclassified or um, given incorrect incorrect definitions. So I, I definitely think there's a big misunderstanding of it. Because nobody understands the importance of boundaries, like nobody understands yeah. the importance of just knowing how to talk to your brother or sister. Like it's, like, it's it, it. requires a lot of groundwork, like just understanding your your person. I don't think a lot of people understand their person.
1: A lot of people aren't kind either.
2: They
0: they just aren't kind. Yeah, and? not as kind as they think they are. Nowhere near as much. Yeah. Josh, do you, do you feel like people downplay? Those uh, those other toxic behaviors as to be lesser or not as detrimental, even like, though it isn't something like like manipulation uh, and
1: yeah like we talked about. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think they either, I probably, I think they're ignorant. Like, I, I really, I kind of think part of me thinks they don't know. Like, they don't know they're either they're being manipulative, uh, manipulative, or um, or like yeah, them they're, they're being manipulative. But I, I just don't feel yeah that way. Um. Yeah, and what you said culturally, do you mean like as Black people, or just as the United States, like as as
0: people, like our our generation, or people in our immediate hemisphere, not as Black people, but uh, if you do, you feel like it afflicts Black people more?
1: No, no, no. I was just curious because I w- I don't think it's it has to do if you're Black or White or anything like that. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about like the United Gen- States, it's possible. <laughs> it's definitely possible. But I I don't I don't Cut know, <laughs> but I don't know as far as like the actual like answer that like I don't know I don't know if you can I I might have to agree with Dez and say yes but I don't know like I have to get more knowledge about that you know
0: I think I think we really do downplay the other behaviors and we're more uh more willing to be more willing to permit those kind of behaviors and tolerate them but Dez you had it's funny you mentioned boundaries and I'm glad you did because I saw a post earlier today and I saved it and I didn't know it was gonna come in handy and so it's a it's, it's really simple. It just says, this is a tough line to draw. And it's a, just a plain line down the center of the page. And it says, sticking to my boundaries and following my values and honoring who I am as a person. And on the other side, is accepting influence, offering compromise, and having flexibility as part of being in a relationship with others. So how do you all go about navigating that? Because, I mean, the post isn't omnipotent, but, but as far as I could tell, it's, it's very true. It's a very difficult line to navigate.
2: as far as our
3: relationship goes
0: with other people, I mean, in general, I mean, relationships, um, sure. But even with us, there's boundaries.
3: I think, I think for us, it's just like, we have a profound respect for each other. So it's known, knowns. Like that comes with what we, we can and we can't do as far as, you know, men that uh, come together and do a podcast, you know, weekly by weekly and collaborate on other, you know, initiatives. Like, I think there's, there's just known things. Like we've been doing this for two years. We have a, great deal of respect so it's not like we really have to i said two years two years 2019 2018 2018 god damn time <laughs> three years yeah, it hasn't been three years. september of 2018 sheesh um when it comes to like a relationship though that's sort of like I'm, i was kind of stating like i don't have the um capacity or desire to compromise as much man because it's like would it be cool to go through life with a with another person? Absolutely, but is it a necessity? At this day and age, with the way we process stuff and the way you know our minds are consistently you know digesting information, it seems like a lot harder to do than maybe it did twenty or thirty years ago.
1: When you say you compromise, think, what do you what do you mean exactly? Um, is, oh, are you me. asking me or Des? Des, okay or yes, please for,
3: yeah for me, compromising is acknowledging something that may make your significant other feel anxious uh may um how can I say it any behaviors that you have to sacrifice for the other person's well-being, whether it be anxious behaviors whether it be things that remind them of traumatic experiences, or maybe it's just doing things that you genuinely don't want to do for the sake of the other person like you know. You don't want to run to the. I don't want to say you don't want to run to a good grocery store because those are like life. You know, those are necessities. But um, it's just like certain tones. Like maybe the maybe the person you're dealing with they they require you to speak in a softer tone than what you're you know normally accustomed to, Mm -hmm. so you can get your points across more clear. Like you're you're asking me to be more consciously aware of how I'm normally accustomed to speaking to people you know, to make sure I'm getting my point across. Like that takes a sort certain deal of compromise. Like you're you're having to tweak the, you know, essentially like how you've communicated for 20 or two, three decades to, to you know, match this one person's needs. Like you're having to adjust, you know, parts of your routines. Like you're not going to the gym at 8, any, 8 a.m. anymore. You're not having to go at 8 p.m. because you agree to, you know, be be with your significant other more in the morning so they can get more of that time with you rather than in the evening like there's a whole bunch of like different scenarios that you can uh draw up as far as compromising goes but for me it's like doing anything out of the realm of what I'm used to doing it like if it was just me being my own you know individual person going like I go to the gym when we get out wrap up this podcast you know it'll be eight o'clock but say for example my significant other wants to watch Netflix tonight. then I now have to make that compromise to be up Three or four hours you know earlier in the morning to get get that gym time in you know compromise like that, and I mean you can say the same thing when it comes to children as well, like you know you're sacrificing sleep that's a that's a form of a compromise to to you know get more time in because i much rather sleep, but here
2: I am up with you. <laughs>
3: Of course, you know, my my defi- my examples of compromising are going to be different because it varies for some of us. like I don't want to sit here and say like, "Oh, yeah, you can't cheat anymore. That's a form of compromising." Like, no, that's just a <laughs> that's just common sense. Common well, I wouldn't say common <laughs> for, for sense it's more people. more respect. It's more respect than than anything. So, you know, it's
1: It sounds like it just sounds like you're saying that it's you're it's hard to find somebody that's on the same level as you basically. Is what you're saying
3: it's hard for me to be accepting of anybody at this point like i just enjoy my space that much like i can find somebody without a doubt that's at my level like i don't okay. i don't i mean like don't get me wrong I, I am very cognizant of the levels and tiers and all of that that comes with women we deal with and then of course my social women and the men that they deal with but it's like i just don't have that desire like i entertain the thought like oh yeah you know being in a relationship or or you know On the weekend, like that, that sounds cool. Like, but then it's like, do I really want that commitment? Like, do I really want to be responsible for somebody else's emotions? Like, if I just decide, yeah, I'm not feeling it somewhere, like I, I, like I have these, like these, um, I don't want to say mechanisms, but I I have these boundaries and check to protect myself. Like, I know for a fact that I don't want to date anybody because even if it is just like sex at that moment, like, I don't want to be responsible for their feelings, which, like, yeah. Like, I'm tired of doing this because that's what it's, what it's going to be like. I don't like I have so much stuff like that I have to at this point in my life get right up here before I want to start welcoming somebody into that space. Like it's like I just moved into a house two weeks ago. I still have boxes you know stacked up to the wall, and then I'm bringing a shorty over and I'm trying to build a home with her. I haven't even built my own home yet, and I'm trying to build a home with somebody else. Like is that is that like train of thought? Like I haven't even built my foundation, so why would I want to? welcome somebody into shaky, shaky grounds. Like I still know who I am as a person and what it is I want out of life, but I'd much rather be, you know, a quarter of the way there than, you know, 15% and then trying to welcome somebody to get to that other. Like, it, like the thought of it is cool, but the commitment that comes with it is just not something I'm open to right now.
0: And I'm glad that you, you bring that up as well because to add on to that, not everybody is worth compromising for in the in the same exactly. vein of uh, of chivalry. I mean, it's just gradations <laughs> of people and not everybody's worth it. And so for like, yeah. I, I, like I'm in a similar space because I enjoy my own personal space. I've lived on my own for years now. And just, I was having this other, this, uh, the same thoughts or a similar thought process here the other day. And I was in my room and I was just going to go somewhere. And then I thought about just the prospect of having to ask or clear the fact that I was going to the gym or, uh, what we were doing that weekend. and I, I felt disgusted. like don't get me wrong i understand like for the right person and uh, you know your lifestyles may match up or similarly might not be as bad you'll be willing to compromise for a certain individual but largely like this is something i'm willing to fight for i've i've curated a life for myself that isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination but i try to maintain a certain level of peace and i'm aware of myself and know what i need to do to keep that standard upheld and so mm-hmm. like the the kind of things that that I've identified as non-negotiables um in some instances they may be extreme, they may be unreasonable. I might have to uh, revisit it. I think it's a constant evaluation process when you uh when you are thinking about your boundaries, but it's uh
2: it's hard <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's scary. I have that
0: thought or had that thought many times.
3: Yeah, because we've just like grown up and being so accustomed to like, whether it be seeing our parents together for how many, you know, every years or always like just seeing compromising, like our mother's compromising to be who they need to be for, for the child or father compromising to be who, need, who they need to be for the wife or for the children. Like we've just grown up, you know, in, in a society where it's just been full of compromises. And then it's like when you get that taste of freedom on your own, like when you get into your 20s and so forth and you're like... Man, they was really doing all of this like, like for me, my uh, you know, my dad paid for my school. Like, it's like, damn, like twenty thousand dollars. You like, you really, and you like, you think about it when you when you come out of school and you think about how hard it is to get a, a like, I wouldn't say how hard it is to get, to get a good paying job, but you see the way the economy is, and you know, things of that nature, and it's like, damn, you really take on all these commitments where it's like, wife, house, children, cars, insurance. All the other, you know, small bills that you have to think about—it's like, you know, that's a really big compromise you have to make it to is. want to take care of, you know, an entire family and future generations, rather than just being by yourself. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, there's going to be a point where, like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll wear that hat with extreme, like, pride. But it's like at like when you're twenty, you're twenty something, you're like still figuring out the world. Like, it just seems like such I um, I wouldn't say daunting task, but it's just like something you should just be consciously aware that you're not ready for it. yeah and i think we oftentimes overlook that it's like for me if i didn't have lucas right now like i, I probably would be you know way more open-eyed when it comes to compromising it with women and things of that nature but it's like you know i got a kid i got to take care of like i ain't trying to argue with you at 6 p.m on a on a <laughs> friday when i could like i could be chilling with my man on the couch watching cars or you know we go to cloud nine or go do something cool or go by the lake and just throw sticks in the water. Like there's life is so simple being by your lonesome to like have to compromise. So don't get me wrong. Like there is always that right person, but you go through a lot of wrong people to find the right person. And that's just like what I'm like, I'm good. And <laughs> it's my time. And I have like the mental space to, you know, for people those opportunities, because at the end of the day, it is an opportunity. Like, you know, for the person that I would be dealing with, and then for, you know, vice versa, like me dealing with that person, but it's just not an opportunity I'm looking to capitalize on at the moment.
0: You talked a lot about the the negatives of compromise, and, like, I feel that same way as well, but I also acknowledge the the, the converse of that, and it was described brilliantly to me by one of my friends' dads. We were helping him move out, and he was, he made a joke to his son, which is my homeboy. He had made a joke to him about um, having to take care of his ass for 18 years and then he's helping him move or something like that <laughs> and he was like uh and then so we was all laughing but then uh, I was walking the steps next to him he said that it's uh he said he was joking but it, like he was serious like it is a lot of work but it's one of the most rewarding things so just from the perspective of like you undertaking a lot of responsibility if that's really what you want in life that is the foundation for a lot of happiness like it is it, be, being that you're a, a willing participant. Like nobody's forcing you to be married to have these kids to take care. Like I'm pretty sure. Like if uh if I was to ask your dad, one of the most rewarding things he's done and accomplished in his life that he's proudest of, probably you.
3: Without a doubt. And like I don't want to sound much like I don't want to sound too much like I'm um, a pessimist as far as love goes. Like I think love is one of the most beautiful things in the world. But it's like you also have to be consciously aware that. One, are you willing to be loved? And two, are you willing to love? Like, you have to be willing to be loved to essentially provide love. Like, it's a, it's a, two-way street it's not a one-way street like I think a lot of people get that confused as well because it's like yeah I could be so willing to love but if you aren't willing to let someone love you you're damaging that person because what they would essentially be doing to get certain reactions or experience certain emotions like you're depriving them of that feeling of satisfaction and that you know those dopamine hits that come with hey you bring flowers home and like getting that big smile whereas if you're not in a space of love and somebody brings you flowers and you're not in a space to receive it it's like well damn what like what the fuck am I even doing so I think love is one of the most brilliant things, but I also said say with the same token, like me, I've taken the unconventional way. Like I've had ai had a kid out of wedlock. Like I'm still developing my skills and my crafts to be successful. Like the build just doesn't fit for a relationship because I know for a fact, if I were to welcome a relationship at this point in my life, a lot of toxic traits would resurface because, and I told you, we, we talked about this off of the, um, you know, off air. But I I think I like constantly revisit this thought. The absence of toxic situations does not does not allow you to heal from them. It just revisits when when they when they begin to resurface. So you don't learn to deal with toxic situations in absence. You learn to deal with it when you continuously have to check yourself and your boundaries and what you stand on to have the appropriate reactions when when you know when those situations arrive. Like, Josh, we could say for your example, like your mom may be complaining, but you've had to learn how to communicate yourself in an articulate manner that doesn't hurt her feelings or that doesn't rub her the wrong way to or you may seem ungrateful or whatever. Like, you didn't learn to respond to her by just sitting in your room and being like, you know what, next time she says this, I'm gonna say that. Like, and then that situation never occurring. Like, you may think of what you need to do, but you still have to execute at the end of the day. And I think like the execution is is the biggest part. Like, you're not going to ever ridicule yourself of of say ridicule you're not ever going to rid yourself of toxic situations by just choosing to abstain from you know the scenarios that that um that brought them on like you really got to actively heal to to get past those points and like that's a something that's com like commonly overlooked
1: uh do you guys believe it's a possible for a relationship where there's a relationship where people where two people don't argue
0: don't argue yeah, I've I think so. I've I've heard people say such thing, and I kind of think it's it depends on how you just describe an argument. So I don't yeah. argue with people. I, Are you I can't, argue? Oh, good. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. I can I can have a conversation with you and and mm-hmm. boast my opinion and articulate myself, and then hear what you have to say and adjust. But when when I think of argument, I think of people yelling and like yep. th- there's a certain aggression to it, yeah. and I, that's not a game that I play. <laughs> because I, I yeah. know how taxing that it is and it shuts off the band of communication. So by me yelling at you, I don't think this would be any more effective than me doing this, nor am I going to tolerate you raising your voice at me, so don't even try it. So it's, that's not a game that I play, like I said. So I think that if it's two people that have that same mindset and they both have that foundation of respect for each other, absolutely. But maybe you mean something else other than argue, maybe or that context of argue or that definition. Maybe you mean something where there's just a
1: contentious uh, conversation where there's two opposing viewpoints. Is that the case? No, I did meant what you said the first time. Uh, I was just asking because Des did say like, he don't have time like to argue with somebody like 6 p.m. on the, like 6, 6, 6, uh, 6 p.m. in the afternoon when he could be chilling with his son and stuff like that. So I was wondering like, would it ever be to a point where you guys can just communicate so effectively? Like you don't argue, like she she comes to the point where she understands, oh, okay, Des, you want to go to the gym? Like we don't have to play do Netflix today. That's fine. Like, can you, have you, do you think you could ever get to that or do you feel it'd always be some type of compromise to the point you have to sacrifice
3: something? I don't I don't wanna to be too like technical in my response because arguments can be like just the presentation of two different opinions. Okay. Like in the legal realm, that's all the argument is. Like you present your argument, he presents his argument. Like that's a like arguments is what I was gonna actually say, like, before I cut Brian, I was gonna say, like, it depends on if it's uh, raising your voice. Like, there are some people that say, like, you know, like, the number one rule in their relationship is no matter how mad they get or, you know, no matter how much you may be frustrated with the person, like, you'll never raise your voice. But just because you raise your voice doesn't mean that an argument isn't present. So sometimes an argument is just stating your reason, your why, and like, there's, like, when you have that level of independence, like, sometimes you don't want to have to explain your reason and your why. Like, why do I need to explain X, Y, and Z? Like, even though it, it, this would be effective communication in a healthy relationship, it's that why. Like, I, I'm not in that mental space to present my why, even though I know rationally thinking that it would benefit the relationship tremendously because it's, you know, healthy communication. But, like, I'm in that space of mind of thinking, like, why? Like, I haven't had to tell anybody for the past four years, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to the gym. Like, I've just got up and, done, you know, done whatever I want to do. That doesn't mean that an argument wasn't present, but that just means that we would have come to a mutual understanding or resolved an argument without having to, you know, raise our voice. Like, it's, it's common. Like, every couple argues. And I think that anyone that says healthy couples don't argue don't understand the true definition of argument because it's, it's very, very basic. There's a very elementary definition to what arguing is, but sometimes when you have people who are trying to define things based off emotion or misconception that, you know, it allows the masses to mis- un- misinterpret the word.
0: So I'm getting conflicting messages based off of that because it seemed like you agree with what I was saying about mm-hmm. uh, arguments, but then also you're saying that no, because an argument is just two people disagreeing and having a conversation about it.
3: No, so I presented like I presented two. I should have provided a break. Like I, like I understand. Like essentially, Josh said, is it possible that couples can argue? Like healthy couples can healthy exist, couple you know, without, can, without
2: yeah.
3: And I say no. It, like it, just on the basic understanding of what arguing is. Like it's just the. Differencing of opinion, like the presentation of two things that don't necessarily see eye eye, like that's an argument, but oh, yeah. it, it doesn't elevate. So, I, I like I said, no, like health, like there isn't a relationship that will exist without arguing, because of my understanding what arguing arguments are. But then I also provided like his, like the second part was an answer to Josh's, like yeah, you said you know at six p.m. on a Friday, you don't want to argue. Like, is it because I don't necessarily see like the healthy relationship there? It's so, like no, I see like the healthy relationship that can exist by just you know, engaging in the argument in a very, you know, elementary manner. But it's like, why do I even need to do that? And that's like me, uh, you know, acknowledging my irrational my irrational thoughts at the moment.
1: Do you compromise with your friends at all?
3: I think we compromise all the time. I compromise with y'all a lot. It's times yeah. where I don't want to record, but it's like, yo, we got... Come on, we got to do it. Like, I compromise with y'all a lot more than what is apparent because it's just like, you know, we made like, we, we have an agreement. Like when we sat down in, you know, summer of 2018, like we said, we would do this. Like you know, there's, there's times where I haven't, you know, I've been willing to uncompromise, you know, that's near my hiatus. Like I just said like, no, I really need to, you know, tend to myself, but like, this is a compromise. Like there's no obligation for us to do this. Like we've, we are making a great compromise to take time out of each other's schedule, and then even with what we have brewing in the near future like you know there's a great deal of compromise like any giving of your time that is going to go towards things that are not directly benefiting you or you know benefiting another person is like a form of compromising
0: in the immediate future or, or exactly. i guess in the in the now rather yeah cuz even even with ourselves we compromise with ourselves about things that will benefit us in the long run but they aren't a benefit now um, if you want to get really meta about it. But I feel like there's a direct correlation between how much you are willing to compromise with how much you
2: care about whatever it is. Facts?
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, like you, if I don't care about you, I'm not going to compromise with you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and I know I have that same approach when it comes to, like, things at work. Like, for me, I have this negative viewpoint of, like, people in sales at our job because they're like they're pushing the envelope for everything being money like they need their money like one thing i learned you know my time at uh, adp like when i first started was that a lot of people in sales live off their credit card because they're just anticipating the return on commission and it's like they're willing to annoy you to death because their livelihood depends on it and so like i've always had this negative feel you know towards sales. where I don't really compromise. I'm like, if you need something done immediately, I'll do it when I got time for it. I don't care who you are. Like you can, you can hit my manager up. You could do whatever. If I don't have time for it, I'm not compromising. But if my, if my, you know, colleagues or if somebody from another department needs something like I'm way more compromising. Cause it's like, I don't know what it is. I just have that neck. Maybe it's because when I, my, my very, uh, when well, my second job, when I was at, at, uh, Bill, I used to be a, um, I used to, I used to be a cashier. So, sales was part of that position and like i always hated it but i loved the money that came with it so maybe it's like a you know i don't know maybe it's a little trauma like doing something i didn't want to do undiagnosed trauma <laughs> I, like i because I, i'm an introvert so if you think about like the um like there was days that i don't know if you guys ever drove down battlefield like 2014 2015 like there were days we would do 100 cars in an hour so you can imagine how taxing that is for an introvert to have the sell. So a hundred people in 60 minutes, like that's like, it's very, very taxing. And like, there's a lot of things that I did during that time that I wasn't comfortable with, but it allowed me to grow. But don't think that with growth, everything is peachy. Like there's certain stuff that, that still affects you in a negative way.
2: Gotcha. Anything else you have, Brian? Uh... I'm trying to think of a neat way to package this, and something doesn't consume too much time.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You got a recommendation of the week for us, Des?
3: Nah, bro. I'm actually. um, I know I said I'm going on a. We already mentioned going on a hike, but that's going to be my recommendation again because I don't know if you guys follow me, but I went to. Hawksbill Summit, and I posted on my story like maybe a month ago now, like the sunset. So I'm actually going to be going back up there um, this weekend to actually try and catch the sunset when it's not cloudy because I want to see the full thing from its apex to it falling, you know, smoothly behind the mountain. So going to fucking hike, man, as as Josh was saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you heard it. But if you guys like the discussion,
1: don't forget to hit the like button. We're going to see you guys next week. Peace.